Welcome to the 51st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and fake pocket denier, Adrian Pinter. General Kenobi. Oh, shit, sorry. Sorry. How did I mess that up? I've done this a couple times. I mean, it's not like I do the same intro almost every time. Yeah, yeah, you do. Ah, man. I'm just, I'm out of it today. I apologize, Simon, Um, but I do well. How do you do? I do well as well while wow, that grammar's hurting my soul mm. a little bit um yeah hurting my soul i'm sorry to hear that yeah you had, are you a grammar nazi as as some people say i uh you do got blonde hair blue eyes so i wouldn't i wouldn't say that no mm. okay i wouldn't say that cool i would not i would not um but uh how was your week how has your week been it's been uh, fairly uneventful man you know um another day another dollar as i always say uh, just working away, uh, making some money. Other than that, man, pretty uneventful. You know, Ratchet and Clank came out last week. I think I brought that up briefly for the PlayStation 5. I uh, got the Platinum on that. Ooh, That was really fun. Really great game. It's one of the best looking games on that freaking console. The uh, There's a performance ray tracing mode. Where the game runs at 60 frames per second and has ray tracing on. Not the first game yeah. to do it, but by golly gee. Is it the best game to do it? It looks amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I'm having a good time with that. It's, it's fun. It looks beautiful. Some of the best looking stuff. Cool. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, that's a low bar to hit considering they haven't really launched anything on the PlayStation 5, but, you know, exclusively. Exclusively, I mean. I mean, there's been a healthy chunk of stuff, but yeah, not as much as I would like. We got, um, like, in terms of exclusives, yeah, like, what, two games? Ratchet and Clank. Three. Three. Demon yeah. Souls and Returnal. All which are really good. Mind you, but yeah, yeah, I'd like more. I'd like more. I'm hoping we get more. There's a lot of like those like 60 frames per second like upgrades for a lot of games, and like Final Fantasy VII remake just came out with uh, its PS5 version, so I'm I'm starting to play that again. Uh, I already beat it twice, so time to beat it a third and fourth time, baby. Get that platinum trophy. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm just having a good time with that now. Um, but yeah, man, what's up with you? What's new with you? What's new with me? Ah, not much. Not much. Not too much. I uh, I was looking on Twitter. Actually, it wasn't on Twitter. I think it was on Instagram. Did you notice the Andy Muschietti director? Andy Muschietti director of It, the It Chapter One, or in cha- is it Chapter Chapter One and Chapter Two, the horror movies? Yes, yes. It's called Chapter. Anyway, w- regardless, it is Andy Muschietti is making a Flash movie for DC, Warner Brothers in DC, and he released these teaser images. Did you see them? I did. I, I did. Uh, yeah, I saw like the original. I think I don't know if we brought it up last week or whatever. I saw like the Batman one, um, like the Michael Keaton one and the Flash one. I don't remember when that released. And then wasn't there one like today or yesterday, which is like a super uh, a Superman suit? It was I think it was Supergirl. Oh, I think that was I, I think I don't know if that was a necessarily a confirmed thing. It seemed like it might be Supergirl based on I don't know if you ever follow Boss Logic on instagram uh yeah i don't follow him but i'm aware of his existence i feel like i, th- I think i saw him repost it and then wrote it was supergirl somehow i don't know how he got the the scoop inclination that it was 
I don't know where that was from. Hmm. But yeah, the, the Batman one is interesting because it's the old Batman symbol. It seems like it's my, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman. And it's got blood on it. Yeah, that's just going to say. Very, it almost is Watchmen-esque in terms of the way it looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it definitely looks really cool. I mean, it's th- this Flash movie, the way Andy Muschietti is like hyping it up right now and posting these little like teaser images it, it it's making me excited for this movie, even though I literally don't really know what it's going to be about. We just kind of know what characters are involved. And I guess they, they did say that it's going to be like the Flashpoint movie. And I guess resetting this DCEU universe that we got going on. Universe, universe. I just I just want to clarify. It's the DCEU universe. Um, but yeah, like, it, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. The more I see about it, like he does a really good job building the hype for this. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm into it. I'm not I'm trying to keep my expectations in check because I've been burned before. But uh, color me a little bit excited. Color me a little bit. I think excited. You just said I'm pretty sure you just said DC extended universe universe. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I said. Yeah. 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 The DCEUU. Yeah. I wanted to clarify. It's the DCEUU or the OK or the DC extended universe universe. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes it way more clear. Yeah. Thank you. But yeah, I am excited. I feel like he's uh, doing this elegantly. I think the subtlety in his posts and the seemingly excitement behind him. I feel like mm-hmm. his vision is one of excitement and it could be great. I feel like he's a fan in a very positive way. And I think there's a good chance this could be good. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Yeah. And I, I do wonder, because there was another photo that he teased as well with a chair, like one of those, you know, the actor's chairs. And it says Bruce Wayne on it. There was rumors that Ben Affleck would also be in it. But are they differentiating Bruce Wayne and like Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne and Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne? Is Ben Affleck in it or is Michael Keaton in it or neither in it? And it's a different Batman. We don't really know. You know what I'm saying? Hasn't Michael Keaton been confirmed? Like, isn't that 100% he is on like he is in the role? I don't think so, to be quite honest, because there was an interview with Michael Keaton and he was saying he's very, very busy right now. And with COVID and all that, I'm not really sure. It was something like that. It was very, very unsure. Like, mm. I'm not really sure I can be in this. I think it was an interview following Trial of the Chicago 7, which he okay. was great in, by the way. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think it is him. I think it is Michael Keaton. I think if anyone is doing it, I think it's Michael Keaton, especially because of that the Michael Keaton Batman symbol, like the Tim Burton Batman, mm-hmm. Batman symbol. But. Yeah, honestly, like if you had a gun to my head and, and and you asked me the question, like, is this confirmed that he is back in this movie? I would have said 100 percent. Yeah, but now you're making me question it. Maybe you're right. Maybe it isn't fully confirmed, but uh, I agree with you. I think he will be in the movie. Um, I think, again, them just showing his bat suit symbol. That'd be such a cock tease. Uh, like if they were like, oh, check this out. And then it's like, psych, this is insert a random actor here, actually. And they're just. Well, you Ben know. Affleck. It would be Ben Affleck potentially. Like that—that's the other actor who theoretically could be in this. That was the rumor long ago mm. that they potentially were both going to be in it. And I think Ben Affleck's um, getting his shit together in a lot of ways. Like he's doing a lot of stuff. He's—I mm-hmm. he's, think he's starting to do a lot of stuff again and theoretically pick up the Batman mantle because he was willing to do the Zack Snyder's Zack Snyder Snyder cut of Justice League. So I think that it's possible yeah. that he could be in this. I don't know. I would love to have Ben Affleck back. I know this is like a super hot take and it seems a little bit ridiculous, but he's arguably like my favorite on-screen Batman. I just love him in Batman v Superman. I love like his portrayal of it. And I just think he does such a good job as Batfleck. 
again, especially in Batman v Superman. And then in the original, the Justice League, I really didn't like it. Like, I feel like they dumbed down his character and made him a little less interesting. And then with uh, the most recent Zack Snyder's Justice League, they they made him a little bit more relevant again. And I really liked him, like his portrayal in that once again. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I really love Ben Affleck. I'd love to see him back. I want him back. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it would be cool to see both of them. Again, like the the opportunities and options that they can do in this movie are are endless because it's a multiverse movie. It's timelines galore. Like Andy Muschietti can do whatever the hell he wants, which kind of makes it a little bit exciting, um, a little bit more exciting than it should be. Uh, however, I'm sure you know Warner Bros. execs have have plans and you know have have specific rules, but I'm hoping that they're not you know taking away any sort of creative control that he's getting. I would much rather see a director like release their full vision and it suck than, you know, have a have a studio, uh, you know, a bunch of executives make these decisions and then, you know, get get whatever movie get gets shit out. Like I would rather see a huge swing and a miss than something that's kind of whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let the creatives let the creatives do their thing. Let the big wigs kind of, you know, sit down and shut up. Yeah. Yeah, like the new mutants movie. We never, I haven't watched it, but again, apparently that's like just a big swing in the a swing and a miss. When Disney purchased Fox, they got the rights to that movie, and then they literally um, just backed up and said like, because because there was a bunch of reshoots and everything, and they just gave the director full reign. And the the director even mentioned like, you know, like this is my movie. Every everything is like my decision. Blah 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 blah. It ended up sucking, apparently, according to reviewers, which is unfortunate for that director. But at the very least, like he got to produces vision which is nice i'm all for the creative or like the or unlike i guess the harley quinn tv series the animated series mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah the whole uh controversy going on with um for, for context i guess the creators of the harley quinn tv series they wanted to put in a specific scene in season three and it was uh batman going down on catwoman and um the creators the harley quinn the harley quinn animated series is pretty like Mature it's subject matter. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's an adult TV series, clearly. Yeah, it's rated R. They say F-bombs galore. People die. It's very just its own universe, its own thing. And uh, to give credit where credit is due, the, the creators did say that Warner Bros. is super cool with them pretty much doing anything. But the one time they turned down you know, a, a creative decision was when they wanted to show a scene of Batman going down on Catwoman. Because that's not what heroes do. That's what they said. I believe was I believe was the was the context, which is which is absolutely ridiculous. It's like is Batman DJ Khaled? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do remember like, that. The kings don't go down on queens or whatever the hell DJ Khaled said. It's like what? <laughs> imagine, imagine. I just find that uh, yeah, I find it quite funny. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I guess since we brought up Zack Snyder as well, like uh, he posted on Twitter literally just an image of Batman eating out Catwoman. <laughs> and like, I think right, yeah. all he posted. He wrote cannon. Yeah, that's it, <laughs> which I really appreciated. And, you know, it's it's upwards of like 300,000 likes, which is, uh, I really appreciate that. I find it funny. Um, it's just weird that that's their limit. The studio just decided that that's like, Batman's a selfish lover. That's it. That's what we decided. Yeah, it, it seems really odd. And I don't know. I kind of, like I was thinking a little bit about it as well. Because in 
Batman v Superman as an example, we don't see it like explicitly happening, but you know, there's Amy Adams as Lois Lane. She's in the bathtub. And then there's the scene with like Henry Cavill there, you know, talking to her. And then the scene ends with him, like just going into the bathtub with his clothes on. And obviously he's, he's like, they don't show it explicitly, but they're definitely getting down and dirty in the bathtub and the scene ends. So I, I find it curious why they would have let that kind of slide. I guess it's not a, you know, explicitly stated that's what's going down but no pun intended well that's not what do you mean like what about christopher nolan's batman yeah true that actually christian bale like it was it was very much implied that he had intercourse sex with right sure sure (laughs) in the third one yeah that's true too yeah so i don't know it's dark knight rises it's a weird oh man i just i realized now i realized the we're talking about sex and it's called the dark knight rises yeah it's it's boner yeah Okay. Yeah, uh, but I, I do agree. It's just a really weird line to draw on the sand. But hey, man, I mean, at the end of the day, like they're fun in the project. They have every right to turn it down. And I'm glad that it's uh, become a meme because of it. Yeah, definitely a strange, strange line to draw. Anyway, alrighty. Well, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com. And longtime listener and Split Focus staple, Kenneth. Stadelbauer wrote into us and he said, gents, just a couple of things. Oh, I get it. Just an couple of things. <laughs> Clever man. Clever boy. And film. And film, yes. Yes, thank you for spelling it out for the audience, Adrian. We, we, we all needed that. Yeah, I've clarified the past like two jokes. Yeah, really killing it. Really I want to provide it. the context, baby. For those who really don't listen to our podcast every episode, which is pretty much everyone listening to this. Anyways, uh, thanks for reminding me, he continued. Thanks for reminding me about Cowboy Bebop. I have the movie, but haven't watched it in years. I started watching the series, great soundtrack and fun adventures, and will give the movie another watch when I'm done. It seems like Mike Myers, moving on to another topic, it seems like Mike Myers spent the last decade or so staying away from comedy and only taking small, serious roles. It'll be interesting to see how the pentaverate plays out. I'm presuming, since it is still shooting, the makeup artist is under NDA. I've been unable to find who is involved. Keep up providing entertainment info. Your friend, Kenneth, and a quote here, as usual. We are all in the perpetual quest for keeping oneself occupied, entertained, and important which burns at the edge of addiction. A quote by Jonna Richman of The Ordinary Truth. I should mention, mm. Kenneth Stadelbauer is a huge, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but he's a huge makeup artist fan in, in terms of the art that they create. He does it himself too, quite a bit. Um, posts yes. on Instagram quite often and it's awesome. Not only an, an artist fan, but an artist himself. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I am excited for that Mike Myers Pentaverate show. It should be interesting. We talked about that last week, as did we talk about Cowboy Bebop. And uh, yeah, I'm really, uh, really intrigued. I think I'm going to check that out. It seems short enough that I should be interested. I just, I need to find, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be some kind of pirate and go on YouTube and, and try and watch the free, free version of it. I think the best option, the best course of action would be to watch it on Funimation. I think that that would be best. And there's a trial there, right? That's- yeah, there is. I don't know if it's still going on, but no, definitely isn't Ooh. going on anymore. But PlayStation oh. actually offered like a three month free trial because they own Funimation. Like Sony owns Funimation. Hold up. They don't have a one month free trial like every other streaming service. No, they do. The they do. Oh. 
I, oh. It might be only two weeks, but either way, they oh. had a brief period where they were offering a three month trial. That's like a like, Quibi trial. That's a Quibi, yeah. a real Quibi. That's a, in Quibi fashion. They had a two week free trial. Quick bites. Right. Yeah. That that was their yeah that was their theme song. Quick bites. Quick bites. Not only had I love how you said it was quick bites because you hated. You literally hated when I called it quick bites. Now you're calling it quick bites. Yeah, I don't. I how the turntables. How the turntables. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I don't like it. But anyways, yeah, I thought it funny that they were like the they have the shortest possible free trial, and they're literally called quick bites, and they have the shortest episodes. It's kind of funny. But anyways, well, they're gone now. They they're done. They're over. They're with Roku now. You can get right. all the shows on the Roku channel, but it's not exclusive to the Roku devices. Yeah, it still bothers me. I still think that's odd. I, I, I just don't get the I get, don't get the appeal. I know, I know mm-hmm. you think it's valuable, but anyway. Yeah. Thank you, Kenneth, for writing into us. I appreciate you, buddy. You're the greatest. You're a staple, as I said on our show, and uh, yeah, I will. Uh, but not just like a basic staple. One of those like super heavy duty staples. Yeah, like when you you know one of those like a staple gun type staple. The big exactly. One. Now those staple, little like, a wood like plank wood. with exactly yeah. Yeah. Not just paper, straight up wood. The the pre-paper, as I like to call it. The pre-paper. Oh, wow. Wow, you're so clever. Incredible. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. What have you been watching uh, this week, Adrian? What have you been watching? What what things? What what shows? What movies? What commercials? What? 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 Well, Simon, I've watched a few things, my friend. I've watched a few things. And I'm going to start off with one thing that I've watched. And that and- one thing is a show called Sweet Tooth. Ooh! Which, mm-hmm. 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, and I definitely understand why. It's really good. I am only four episodes deep. I think the series is eight episodes, maybe ten. Um, but yeah, it's a ne- new Netflix original TV series. It's one of the most topical shows you can watch because it is quite literally about a pandemic that killed off the vast majority of the human population hold, hold um, up most topical yes the, the, the vast majority of the human population is not dead right now because of covid adrian we're getting there is that what you're trying to insinuate the more relevant one would have been potentially gray's anatomy wouldn't it they're literally in the thick of it right now i don't know i'm not that far in, into the show yet i'm on uh, season 13 halfway through maybe i'm close to the end i've been slowing down on the gray's watching but i'm still watching it because I've been busy, man. But anyways, uh, yeah, Sweet Tooth, very topical show. Again, there's a pandemic. It, it rids the world of a lot of uh, people. And pretty much at the exact same time that this pandemic started, uh, these half-human, half-animal hybrids start being, I would say more so 75% human, 25% animal hybrids start being born. Um, and the show revolves around uh, a little boy named Sweet Tooth. And he's a half-human, half-deer kid. And... Um, yeah, again, like this show is is really great. It's based on a comic series. This is actually produced by the uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. and his wife, like his production company. Yes, um, yes. Uh, made this show. And again, this is based off a DC comic book. And the comic book is, you know, described as the road meets Bambi. Uh, way more the road than Bambi. Just this super dark, depressing, sad sort of tale about this little kid, I guess, going across America. Uh, almost like a Last of Us style thing. Um, however, it was like pre-Last of Us. So apparently um, there's similar story beats in that. This show is not that. It's actually a very 
heartfelt, uplifting TV series. And I'm curious if because of like COVID, they decided to make it this way. If they if they course corrected prior to the series coming out or if it, it was always meant to be this heartfelt and lighthearted. Um, because again, yeah, like it's just very, it, it is topical. Like again, this, this disease starts killing a bunch of people, obviously far more extreme in the TV series, uh, but still. And yeah, um, none of us have grown antlers yet, which is not great. yet keyword yet. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. I really like it. It's about this young boy again named Sweet Tooth and he lives in the forest with his father. Um, when Buck Tooth? No. Uh, his father, by the way, is played by Will Fort. Um, you, you, Forte? Fort. It's F-O-R-T-E. Just Fort. I'm pretty sure it's Forte, isn't it? It might be. I always say Forte. But I decided to say Will Fort. I think it's Will Fort. He's not French, is he? I don't know. You're making me lose my train of thought. It's a good question. It's a good question. Will Forte of The Last Man on Earth. He's now mm-hmm. the second Last Man on Earth because he's got a boy named Sweet Tooth. <laughs> um, that wasn't that clever. You don't have to pretend to laugh. Yeah, I'm sorry that I even pretended. Um, but yeah, anyway. <laughs> anyways, uh, so yeah, Sweet Tooth, he lives in the forest with his father. His father actually brought him there when he was a baby, pretty much as soon as this pandemic began. Um, which was, I, I want to say like, like six to eight years ago, they say in the show, I can't remember off the top of my head. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, his father, super caring, amazing dude, it seems, but obviously a little bit crazy, a little bit of an oddball because he moved to the forest with his son. And while they live in the forest, everything around them, uh, is going to total shit. And, you know, there are people that believe that these like half human, half animal hybrids were actually the cause of uh, the virus that's like destroying the world. So a bunch of people are like hunting them and stuff like that. So yeah, I don't know. It, it's pretty interesting. That's really the, the the beginning of the show. It sets up a lot of things. And, um, you know, Will Forte, a, he, him as the father, uh, you know, like talks about like his wife a lot and uh, Sweet Tooth's mom a lot. And Sweet Tooth kind of has it in his head that he wants to meet his mom. And that's kind of where the story progresses from, you know, like him wanting to go on this journey to find his mother. And he meets like a really interesting cast of characters that they kind of get introduced every episode. It's like these almost small sort of episodes where, you know, a bunch of characters get introduced and that story beat kind of finishes and then you're on to the next episode. It's very well paced. And again, although we're dealing with such dark and depressing sort of subject matter, there's this like childlike wonder in the kid's eyes, the kid being played by uh, Christian Convery. I haven't seen him in anything. However, this is one of the few times where I'm like, this is a good kid actor. He's genuinely Hmm. great. And I really like watching him on screen. I love his big smile. There's something about this kid and his portrayal of this half human half deer character his facial features actually kind of suit the animal which is funny to say um but again like there's something's just so hopeful in his eyes and his like adorable little smile and he's so innocent and naive and he just wants to find his mom that's like you know in i think it's some somewhere in california or something like that uh, which is fairly far from where they are at the beginning of the show and uh you know he meets this uh, guy who they they only call big man in the show. And he's like this former football player from back in the day, huge dude. That's kind of taking him on this journey. And it's really cute. Their chemistry is very great and how they play off each other because big man is kind of this reluctant um, protector of sweet tooth and doesn't really want him around. 
But, you know, Sweet Tooth just being so persistent follows them everywhere. And honestly, I just can't help but smile while watching this show, even though it is, again, a very depressing, like very depressing subject matter. Um, He's just so adorable, (laughs) which is crazy to say. And it's very heartwarming the way he like reacts to certain situations and how he like talks to, you know, people he comes across. And I really, really like this show. And like, I'm excited to watch more. I'm watching it with my lover. So. You know, we're watching a couple episodes here and there, Um, but I'm excited to watch the rest of the series. Uh, And yeah, like I can definitely see why it's getting glowing reviews because it's really, really good. Um, But yeah, man, I I, I really like it and I highly recommend it. I think it's definitely worth the watch. It's on Netflix. So if you have a Netflix subscription, give it a watch, give it a try. I think you'll realize whether or not you'll like the show uh, after you finish the first episode, because by the time I was done the first episode, I was already all in and invested in, you know, this little boy and the journey that he wants to go on. Indeed. Indeed. Mm. I might check it out. Yeah, man. I, I highly recommend it. I think it's a good show to watch, uh, you know, like with your girlfriend, as an example. That, that's what I'm doing with, with mine. Like, it's it's just nice. It's it's nice. You know, nice 40 minutes you get to spend, maybe 50 minutes. You sit down and you watch it. You smile. Speaking of shows that I'm watching with my girlfriend... I just updated the document because I forgot about the show that I'm watching with my girlfriend, which is the most memorable thing I probably watched this week, I think. But I watched it so early in the week that I forgot about it. So it's um, literally not the most memorable thing. Um, it was earlier in the week, but I've got the memory of a goldfish, apparently. And so, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, continue. You're trying, to, you're trying to cast me on a technicality. Anyways, uh, Mythic Quest. Mythic Quest is really good. The Apple TV Plus original, which is produced by Ubisoft, the developer. And is, uh, was created by Robert McElhenney, uh, who actually was the co-creator with Charlie Day for Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Did you know? This is insane to me. I can't believe this. I, I don't know how I didn't know this. But Always Sunny in Philadelphia was shot on a camcorder. They just shot it multiple times. They just shot this pilot in like a low, like low resolution camcorder like multiple times. And then they just pitched it to a studio. They just kept shooting it over and over again. Like, not, not good enough. Not, not good enough. They kept rewriting it, reshooting it, rewriting it, reshooting it. The guy was a waiter. Okay. That's awesome. That's an Mm -hmm. awesome story. And now this show is in what? 16 seasons. How many seasons has always sunny in Philadelphia had? Let me look at this right now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but I do know that it's the, I think it's now the longest running sitcom. 14. 14 seasons. Whoa. That's crazy. It's crazy. They didn't initially have Danny DeVito, and then the show didn't have the, the greatest rating, so then they invited Danny DeVito on the show. Apparently his son was a fan, and then that's such a great story. Mm-hmm. That's it's nuts. And now yeah. the guy bought a soccer team. Okay? That's, <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, with right Ryan there. Reynolds, which is funny. Yeah, a football team. Sorry, whatever. It should be called football. How – is it just pretentious like that Americans called – how did that happen? There was a there was a sport called football. It was everywhere in the world. Everyone loved it, and then Americans called their own sport football, and it's barely using feet. Well, that's American football. What? Why do you have to differentiate it? Why do you have to call it that? Just call it something else. Yeah, it's more handball than anything else. Yeah, I guess or tackle ball. You're literally running with the ball. Tackle ball. I don't know. There's so many. It options. Sounds stupid now, but I feel like yeah, you're right. There's so many options. They don't even use the metric system. Right. They had to do their own thing. Yeah. They had to do their own thing. Anyways, Mythic Quest. Silly Americans. Mythic Quest Raven's Banquet. 
what a great show. I love Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. I also love Mythic Quest. We love video games. And so there's a lot of like video game little lore tidbit type Easter eggs in there, which I really appreciate. It's As I mentioned last week uh, when I said that I started watching this show, it's about a, a game studio creating an MMORPG or massive, uh, massively online uh, role-playing game. Massively and multiplayer the, online. Multi, massively, yes. Massively multiplayer. Mal- massively. Massively. <laughs> massively ma- yes. I, I, whatever. Who cares? Regardless, Mythic Quest is really good. And again, it's about this team of developers and creatives creating this uh, this project and uh, and all the snags they hit along the way because uh, Robert McElhenney's character, Ian, Ian, not Ian, Ian Grimm is just a really pretentious dude. He's just very self-serving and narcissistic. And it, it makes for an interesting story because his lead developer is kind of a genius. She's really good at what she does. And she's kind of uptight and stressed out all the time because he's crazy, basically. It's not her fault at all. And she's great, but he's awful. So it's it's, it's great dynamic. And the writer's kind of a... Also crazy. They're all kind of crazy. And it also stars Danny Pudi. I think you might have seen this, Adrian, from Community. Mm-hmm. And he's actually the biggest asshole of them all. He's just this money-grabbing guy. His dream is to jump in a in a, a pit of, of gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Anyways. It's just, funny. It just keeps getting better. It's funny that you mentioned that because, like, isn't he on DuckTales? Is he? Yeah, I'm pretty sure oh. he's on DuckTales, which is kind That's of funny. That's fantastic. Yeah. That was a line uh, that was a line in the finale. I just finished the first season. And mm. this show is like 100% on Rotten Tomatoes for the second season right now. But I digress. This is what I really want to talk about with Mythic Quest. Episode 5. Episode 5 of Mythic Quest. I don't know if you told me about this before or I heard about it from somewhere else. But Episode 5 takes a completely different turn. It is with a new cast of characters, essentially. There are connections that are actually great, and they connect to the rest of the season in, in interesting ways. But specifically, it's a different cast of characters, and it takes place sort of in the 90s. Um, and it stars uh, Christina uh, Melotti from um, Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And it also stars Jake Johnson from New Girl uh, and from various other movies like Into the Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. But it's about their relationship. And he's this producer, and she plays this kind of morbid person, but but a very a very brilliant potentially developer who is a coder and can create this awesome game. And they create create this game called Dark Quiet Death. And Dark Quiet Death is a specific is actually the name of the episode, the fifth episode. And it just starts off with having nothing to do with Michelinie's character at all. Like Iron Grimm's not in it. It's not about Mythic Quest. And you think it's going to be more. In, like entwined, but it just takes you on this tale that's arguably more drama than comedy. It's a dramedy episode mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. I would almost recommend watching that episode and not watching the rest of the show. That's how good it was. It took me on an emotional journey. I cried a little bit. I, I laughed a little bit. I just I think it's just so brilliant. And the rest of the show is brilliant as well, but this is brilliant in a different kind of way. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, Robert McLenny actually, he directed that episode too. Oh, so, sweet. It's cool. It's really, really good. And uh, I was looking forward to that episode because I knew that there was one episode that was like a one-off that a lot of people had reviewed and really loved. Yeah, man. I, I've even heard of that Yeah, episode. I, I, I don't know if I was the one that mentioned it to you, but I, I remember specifically like hearing about that one specific episode. It's like halfway through the season and it's just a one of the, 
I remember reading a bunch of stuff that this is one of the greatest episodes of television of all time, blah, 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 blah. It might be otherwise like a, in an otherwise pretty good show. Um, yeah, I think that the show is really good, but mm -hmm. I, yes. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, okay. So we talk a lot about, um, it's almost kind of made this segue earlier, but we talked a lot about how there's this dichotomy of the problem is that these money people, these bigwig people keep fighting creatives on their creative vision. And that's a problem in video games, but it's also a problem in movies and film and TV, TV series. And we see this all the time. And we see it with things like the Snyder Cut. And uh, we've seen like a hundred times on every Spider-Man movie, pretty much, except for the ones that Marvel is involved in. And that's what this episode's about. And that's why it's also a great episode because it just really just is like a slap in the face to these corporate goons who just push creatives in a way that they just think that they know better because they want to make a little bit more money, but they just don't. Making something great is arguably just as important, but there's this, they just miss that. They miss that purpose and that point. And that's what this episode really dives into in a really cool and, and, and funny and drama filled way. And yes, it, I don't know. I don't know if I would say it's one of the greatest episodes of television ever, it's maybe a bit extreme, but I love it. I love it. And I, again, I, I think you would love it too. And I, I hope you do watch Mythic Quest so you can get to that episode. Yeah, I might binge it. I, he I heard that season two is like genuine, genuinely exceptional. And I guess, I mean, obviously reviewers do as well. It's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The more the more I hear about it, the more I'm into it. Again, I'm still like so deep into Grey's Anatomy. It, but is Mythic Quest like 20 minute? 30 minute episodes or is yeah, it like it's 30 it minute okay. episodes so it's like very nice neat little chunks it's mm. it's nice i like having i can't i don't always do this but I, I like having shows like that where i split them up i can have one show that's 40 minutes and then one that's 30 i just typically like that it's a nice balance and one that's a comedy and light and the other one could be something like Grey's anatomy or like a breaking bad or an ozark that's potentially going to depress you a little bit mm -hmm. it's kind of nice i don't know if you do the same but uh, like I, I'm, I'm a lot more of a, like a one type person. Like I have my own show that I'm watching on my own and then I'll have like something that I'm watching with my lover. Uh, but other than that, I try to keep it one at a time, but, uh, I'll, maybe I'll take a break from grace again. I'm in, I'm at a good point in season 13 right now. Maybe I'll take a little break and then just binge watch mythic quest for the next week. Um, yeah, I mean, you might finish it before me cause I'm, I'm only on the oh there's got like they have some like special episodes that i'm on now apparently there's two special episodes and then jumps into season two which is again 100 percent on tomatoes which is crazy so yeah so you know what I'll, I'll make that commitment i'll try to watch at the very least um one episode uh, of the show maybe i'll try to finish season one by next week and then i'll come back and let you know what i think about it excellent excellent cool. okay neato i think we both watched this next one on the list here oh. and it's um Let's do the short one first. Loki okay. episode two. I'm sure we don't have a tremendous amount to talk about it because we don't want to spoil anything. Mm -hmm. But Loki to me is great. What are you thinking about it so far? It's uh, really, really good. I'm loving it. Again, we mentioned this last week, but Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston's chemistry is it's palpable. It's so good. Yes. I yes. love them together. And this episode is just that. It's literally them hanging out together, just talking and i love every single second of it it's just it's so fantastic and i love it it's like this buddy cop sort of detective show with these crazy you know mystical multiversal elements um 
but yeah, I don't know. I just love their relationship and I just want to see more of it. It's like this awesome romance, but they're at like, it's interesting because it almost seems like they both, like they both want to work together, but they both think that they're better than the other person in different ways or they have the upper hand. And it's awesome to kind of like see them work through these like specific situations. It's funny. It's, it's so good. I'm really loving this so far and I really hope it doesn't, kind of fall flat on the at, at the end like i kind of feel like uh, falcon and the winter man did and um and again as much as i love wandavision the ending is definitely a a sore spot on that show so i'm really hoping that they don't do that again with loki yeah hopefully they stick to landing that's what i was thinking too again i'm loving the music the chemistry i agree with you yeah it's just great oh it's awesome it's such a treat I, i'm so excited for wednesdays yeah i guess yeah, it's man, cool. me too. Um, I also like, I love it because it seems like Loki, not not Tom Hiddleston, the actor, but Loki, these, situation that, these situations that he keeps on finding himself in, it's like the character is literally like improving the scene. He's like, oh man, how can I get out of this situation? And just does this like ridiculous stuff and it just feels so natural, natural and well done. Um, again, it's, I think Tom Hiddleston's fantastic portrayal of, of Loki and yeah, I don't know. I'm really into it. I'm really liking it. I I love, I love these like Wednesday releases as well. We'll get we'll get into that a little bit more later though. Yeah, I, there's also this. Uh, it's less of a rumor now. It seems just like a fact. But Tom Hiddleston apparently is just this major Marvel Cinematic Universe fan, or at least a major Loki fan, and that mm-hmm. he's they they've co- coined some of the cast members on Loki. Have coined Hiddleston's teachings as the Loki lectures. As in, he taught Owen Wilson because he didn't know much about the MCU, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So he had he basically trained him basically on everything that he needed to know. And uh, apparently, Owen Wilson was meant to take notes. And uh, yeah, he was on a talk show. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel, and and he was talking about how one time Tom Hiddleston came to the place that Owen Wilson was staying while they were shooting the show, and he brought the notebook that he had forgotten at the on set. And he's like, "All right, let's continue where we left off." And they just basically, he taught him more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so that he was up to speed, which I just think is great. And Owen Wilson didn't talk about it as if it was like a drag. He was saying that Tom Hiddleston's a great teacher who who knew exactly when he needed to take a nap or or like stop for a moment. Um, and he's like, I think I'm losing you for for a second here. Let, let's let's go back. And then the, it's I just find that really funny. And I Tom Hiddleston just seems like a like a good guy. It's, it's yeah. just every interview I've ever seen him in, anyone who ever talks about him, he just seems like a great person to be around. And I'm glad he gets this show because he seems like such a fan. And I mean, Loki is not necessarily going to be, wouldn't necessarily have been around very much due to the events of Endgame. So it's mm-hmm. it's great that, that he gets this opportunity, I would say. I agree. Yeah, I think one of the coolest parts about these shows is that we can get more of characters that we wouldn't naturally like necessarily see all that more of in, in like the mainline movies. Um, or again, like I guess with Falcon and the Winter Man and uh, WandaVision, like we're expanding on these characters that we definitely will see in the future, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really loving this. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited to see more. And I'm glad that Tom Hiddleston is able to do this show and, and we get, we just get more. of them. Yeah, I agree completely. Another show that we watched. This, of course, Loki is on Disney Plus. If you're wondering, uh, so you mm-hmm. just have to subscribe to Disney Plus to get the Loki TV series. If you're interested, the other mm-hmm. thing you just have to subscribe to Disney Plus to get access to, because you don't need to have premiere access for this particular title, is Pixar's Luca, which mm-hmm. just launched 
this past Friday and we both watched it. What did you think of Luca, Adrian? I really loved this movie. I genuinely uh, adored it, actually. I think it's a super adorable movie about these two young men, you know, being really amazing friends and and kind of uh, trying to find themselves in this in this crazy world. Um, but yeah, I really liked it. What, what did you think of it? There was, yeah, it, it is really great. And I, I like the the uniqueness of some of the animation. It almost seems to like pull from like claymation in a weird way, which I, I think mm-hmm. is really cool. It's funny you say that because um, my, my girlfriend actually like mentioned that while we were watching the movie last and she's like, is this claymation? I'm like, I don't think it's like all claymation, but it's definitely inspired. Yeah, it is in claymation from my understanding, but it is inspired by that. And it's inspired by various by various other styles, I think, of animation too. But I just you're right about that their relationship is so fun to watch and it's it's really cool. It just feels very real. And I, I found like all of the there's like a very almost like imagination kind of built elements that I really like that they threw in there and um it's about essentially the, these sea monster boys who live in Italy and they're like small sea monsters that when they come out of the water, they turn into humans. Yeah. And they have a friendship on the land in a small town in Italy. And it's how this, this all develops. And uh, I, yeah, I just think it's, it's very imaginative as well. And mm-hmm. again, I cried. Pixar just has a, as a, has a way of making me cry every single movie. I can't do it every time. It's uh it's, it's frustrating. It's not. It's not actually not frustrating. It's it's great, but I I wonder if there's something wrong with me sometimes. <laughs> but yeah. There is. Yeah, I watched Mythic Quest this week and I cried. I watched this uh, movie and I cried. There's another thing I watched and I was not necessarily tearing up, but it, it made me emotional as well. I don't. I don't know. Maybe this pandemic is having. It's uh. It's uh. It's got its teeth in me a little bit too much here. Yeah, <laughs> some adverse effects on your emotions. Um. But yeah, man, like this movie is so clearly like a love letter to like Italy and Italian culture. The the director Enrico, his last name escapes me, uh, Enrico Casarosa, Enrico Casarosa. He's an Italian man and, you know, he moved to the United States, uh, you know, later on in his life. And this is actually the first Pixar movie that is 100 percent made from home. Did you know this, Simon? I did not. That's a cool little tidbit fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this entire movie was made during, uh, yeah, during the the pandemic from home. They weren't in studio. So this is kind of. Cool I mean, and- interestingly, we we did announce that this movie was being made on like one of our first episodes ever of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, which yeah. I think is kind of cool because again, we've kind of made a full circle type situation. We've been doing this long enough, almost at a full year, and and now we've. We announced that this movie is being made, and now we're talking about how great this movie is on yeah. episode 51. So, yeah, it's super cool, and um, it's very clear that, like, Enrico uh, Casarosa was not only, you know, like, inspired by his, like, culture and, and Italy itself, but very clearly inspired by Studio Ghibli. Um, I know that you probably wouldn't have picked up on this because you, you're not a Studio Ghibli fan, but the town that they are, you know, in for the vast majority of the movie is called Porto Rosso. That is right. a reference to the Studio Ghibli movie Porco Rosso. Right. Fun yeah. fact. Um, which is a really good movie. Uh, funnily enough, Porco Rosso, the main character, is actually voiced by Michael Keaton in the American, like in the English dub. 
Um, fun fact. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's very clearly inspired by that. Even like the small Italian town that they're in, uh, the colors they use, that vibrancy. It's very akin to Porco Rosso the movie. Um, one of our mutual friends, Eric, who wrote in a few episodes ago, that is his favorite Studio Ghibli movie. Um, arguably his favorite animated movie. Um, but yeah, like uh, I really I really loved this movie. I, again, you mentioned it. Um, like the plot itself, but it it's it's simple, but it's just amusing to watch. And it's this sort of, you know, coming of age story for these like young children. And, and, and they, you know, they have these like interesting characters that are introduced in this town that are absolutely hilarious. Like the I guess the antagonist of the character, uh, sorry, the antagonist of the movie, his name is me. <laughs> the cat's honestly funny like i i laughed out loud multiple times because of what the cat was doing there's like this one scene where he gets launched into the water and i geeked out so hard uh this movie actually funnily enough there is a surprising amount of violence not like your traditional like you know blood and gore but they, like there's this there's this one scene where this one character just beats up a bunch of kids and i freaking lost it while watching it um i just found it so funny they, there's a lot of visual gags sprinkled throughout this movie and um the mother actually in this movie is played by uh maya rudolph who most recently yeah. also played the mother in the mitchells versus the machines right yeah and yeah, his father was jim gaffigan which i found amusing as well yeah so um it's really cool that maya rudolph is now in like two absolutely amazing animated movies that just came out this year alone um, so, and I, I would be shocked if these movies weren't nominated for Oscars, Mitchell's versus, uh, Mitchell's versus the machines and, and Luca. Um, but yeah, man, I really loved it again. Like it's like heartfelt. It's funny. It's, 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 it's not necessarily sad, but you know, it did make me tear up a bit. And it's just this awesome story of these two friends, um, kind of growing together and, and, and learning about each other. And, I absolutely adored their relationship and uh, I was, I was sad to see it end. And I, I was the same way, man. Like when the movie like finished, I was crying, <laughs> which was weird. Like it's this, it's just so well done and well animated and well, well acted like voice acted. And yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this. It's uh it's very close to Mitchell's versus the machines in terms of how much I liked it. I definitely think it's a better movie than uh, Raya and the last dragon, which again makes me so confused is like what made that movie worth the premier access price versus this one. Because I feel like pound for pound, this movie is just, it's more unique. It's more interesting. It's, it's funnier. It's more heartfelt. Like it's more emotional. Well, I'm so glad that's the opposite though, because we get the better movie. Exactly. It's better that way for us. But I just, yeah, you're right. Again, what's, what is the requirement for that? It's mm -hmm. strange. I, again, I agree with you. Yeah. Luca. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. I can't recommend it enough. Honestly. I, I like adored it. And Sasha Baron Cohen was great as well. I also want to, do a quick shout out to Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm -hmm. He was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, he's dude. It's honestly so freaking funny. Like, ah, god. Like, I I found myself laughing way more than I ever expected. It's uh, it might be like one of my. I mean, like I I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to like. If if I I want to go as far as to say like it might be my favorite Pixar movie in recent memory, just because of how much I loved Inside Out. Um, but since Inside Out, I, I would maybe make that argument that it is my favorite Pixar movie. Wow. Yeah. Cool. That's neat. Yeah. yeah the, um, 
It, it was almost, I don't know if you said this, but it's, it feels a little bit relatable in, in terms of it kind of brings back some childhood memories a little bit. I, I didn't spend any time on the Italian coast, but I, I think you might feel the same way a little bit too. Not to necessarily the extent of the McDonald's ball pit. Well, maybe it is actually. It's like this nostalgic feeling, but it's more so. Yeah, stop it. Stop it. Okay. He's not getting a dollar from me. But, but the, this nostalgic feeling that has to do with friendships as opposed to things I've watched, like Teddy Ruxpin as an example. And so I, I think everyone's potentially had that kind of experience or something similar. But I, I, there was a, there's a, again, a couple of moments in my life where I can kind of feel that kind of relatability that I feel like relates yeah. to this movie here. Yeah, especially with like the young girl, like she there's a she's one of the main characters in it. And, you know, she visits her father in this small like Italian seaside town, uh, Porto Rosso. And, you know, she mentions like, you know, I always come here and I feel like the weird kid or the odd one out. And like, you know, she she just wants to belong and make friends. And I can kind of relate that to like when I was young and I would go to like Serbia, um, not knowing everyone and like, you know, trying to put myself out there and meet new people. And and I did make a bunch of new friends or like friends there. And, and, and some of my friends that I met when I was a kid are, you know, still friends to this day, but I, I definitely um, felt very nostalgic of those times because of that. And yeah, I don't know. This movie's just so good. It's so good. I really, really adore it. Okay. Let's move on Yeah, to another thing I've watched. Cause I think I I've, I've run your drill, uh, your, your drill. What the hell am I talking about? You're my well drill, dry. My drill. Why? Your drill, your drill. Why? In terms of what you've watched uh, this week, but there's one other thing that I watched that I would like to bring up here. And it's specifically Inside by Bo Burnham. Did you watch this? Adrian. Simon Eating? Yes. I began watching it. And oh, then my, but you didn't finish it. No, uh, my lover, like I've been wanting to watch this a bunch and my lover just keeps on falling asleep. Like we'll put it on and she falls asleep like 10, 15 minutes in. So I've seen the first like half hour twice at this point. And I'm just like, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hang out uh, with the. Uh, with my pal Peter since the stay at home orders are finally lifted here. And uh, it's going to be our little movie date. We're going to sit down and watch this movie together. I see. I see. Mm -hmm. Stay at home. Wait, when are they lifted? You can't, I don't think you can visit other people yet. Can you? Yeah, you can. Not inside. No, I don't think so. Not inside yet. Well, shit. Then I'm bringing out my laptop and we're watching it on my deck. (laughs) I think I'm not sure. We're not doctors here. We're not doctors on this show. I mean, you are. So I'm not a doctor. Not a doctor, but regardless, inside, I I don't want to. I'm not going to spoil anything for you. There's not really much to spoil. This is brilliant. I don't know how far you got. It's absolutely brilliant, and it, it just inspired me. Honestly, it makes me inspired to make something. And the fact that this guy, Bo Burnham, it's a Netflix special. He created this all in one small space. This this I think it's maybe a pool house or something. I'm not sure where this is exactly. It almost looked like some kind of small apartment. But he just. He filmed this all on his own. It's just him starring in it. He wrote it. He wrote the music in it. There's many songs that he seemed to have written. It seems almost like a helter-skeltered mess in the beginning. And it just, it somehow shapes up to this incredible tapestry of, I just, I can't even believe it. The lighting design, the amount of effort it would have taken to create each one of these shots. Um, I think he took over a year to do it. I think it was over a year. He planned to get it done in six months and it never happened. And uh, yeah, I just think that this is brilliant. I, I, I'm so impressed with how skilled he is and the amount of time and effort and work ethic it would have taken to create this mm-hmm. is enormous. And again, if the, the number one thing, I used to play hockey a lot as a kid, like maybe for 15 years, I guess, uh, growing up uh, through my teens and uh, since I was five. And 
I used to watch hockey games like the NHL hockey games. Like I'm a Maple Leafs fan, but more maybe more of a casual fan. But I would watch the Maple Leafs, and whenever I would watch the Maple Leafs or any real hockey game, I would almost just feel like I didn't necessarily want to watch it. I just wanted to be there. I wanted to be on the ice, and I I could see mistakes that certain players would make, and I would want to be on that ice and play. And 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 this is I don't watch like Mythic Quest or I don't watch Loki and think, oh, I want to. I want to create something. But when I watched this, I legitimately thought I can see how he's made this. I don't see any mistakes he's made. I think he did a brilliant job. I just more, I was inspired by it to a point where I was like, I could be making something like this. This is incredible. And I just think that, yeah, it's fantastic. And it's worth for everybody to watch. It's an hour and a half. I think I don't think it's any longer than that. It's on Netflix. I can't believe that Netflix even bought this from him in that like based on the premise, but I guess he's had stand-up specials with them before and mm-hmm. they were brilliant. And I know you love his stand-up special. I know you love eighth grade and I know you love this for sure. I, I think if you, I don't know how far you got, like how many minutes you, did you get him? before? I want to say like, thir- like 30 minutes. I, I watched the first like 30 minutes or so, maybe, maybe a little bit more and everything I've heard and watched of it. I, I absolutely adore. The music is so good too. Like he has just such a way it with is. words. And, and just I, the music when I was makes. watching it, I was, I was thinking that of you and I thought Adrian would say in this case for this particular song, he would be, he would say the exact line. This is an absolute banger. Yeah, dude, it is. But, yeah. There's some multiple these bangers. Are bangers. Yeah. These are bangers. There's a bop. There's a banger and baby. I'm all in. Yeah. No, seriously. The, the music is incredible. The guy's got a pretty good singing voice. Like it, it's, mm-hmm. it, I don't know why I, I'm impressed with that aspect in that way, but I just, and, and some of the songs are just hilarious some of them are extremely drama filled. This isn't, I wouldn't say this is that laugh out funny the whole time. It's more of a, like, this is so clever, funny type scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's topical in various ways. It's brilliant. Again, it's brilliant. I just think it talks about like depression and, and, and especially through this pandemic where we're all locked inside. Uh, we kind of actually segue from that yeah. and that you, you're so happy to, to go see Peter. And like, I'm happy for you to go see Peter too, but I, I don't know if you necessarily can unless you want to keep it on the down low but <laughs> i'm gonna break the law baby and i'm gonna fly it high whoa whoa don't say that on the podcast we're on the air adrian come on let's keep it. what's real the here. government it gonna real. do let's keep it real with an r-e-e-l um oh but yeah i i love this i love this, this is, i don't know what my favorite thing is that i watched this week i watched four bangers mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no seriously i watched four really great things like that mythic quest episode again was incredible loki is one of I don't want to say this is a, maybe it's going to seem too extreme and they might not stick the landing, but it's one of my favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe things. Maybe mm-hmm. I just think Tom Hiddleston just he elevates the Marvel Cinematic Universe and Luca is so good. The animation is so good. You mentioned as well that this is inspired by uh, Miyazaki is the name of the Studio Ghibli. It's Studio genre, Ghibli, right? uh, but yeah, like Hayao Miyazaki is probably the most prominent director, um, right? In Studio Casarosa. Casa Rosa specifically said that he was inspired specifically by Claymation and he was inspired by uh, Miyazaki specifically. That's actually something he said in an interview. So it's, it was, I think, well, I, I mean, it couldn't be, I guess, more obvious than the town being almost named the same as the name of that movie. But um, I think that that's, uh, that's another thing to know too. But Lucas is just brilliant. And it's, it's a good week for me in terms of a tracker mm-hmm. for what I've watched. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched as much as you, but I'm in the same boat. Well, yeah, you even watched Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth is 89 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. 99. You love that. 98. Too. You mean? Sorry, Luca's Luca's 89 mm-hmm. versus the numbers, and you get Sweet Tooth's number. Anyway, 
We've talked a long time about what we've watched. Let's move on to the news, shall we? Sure, man. We're an hour in. We may as well. Yeah, let's do it. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. As Publication Deadline reports, Disney Plus has greenlit the Beauty and the Beast prequel live-action TV series with actors Josh Gad and Luke Evans reprising their roles as LeFou and Gaston from the live-action film. <laughs> Actress Brianna Middleton has also been cast as LeFou's stepsister, Tilly, a character meant to jumpstart an unexpected adventure with Gaston and LeFou in tow. The show is being written by and showrun by Network ABC's Once Upon a Time creators Josh Horowitz and Edward Kitsis, as well as LeFou actor Josh Gad. Oh. The music is being written by legendary Disney composer Alan Menken, with lyrics by Tangled lyricist Glenn Slater. Oh. The chief creative officer of Disney-branded television, Gary Marsh, explained the merits of the new series when he said, quote, For anyone who's ever wondered how a brute like Aston and a goof like LeFou could have ever become friends and partners, or how a mystical enchantress came to cast that fateful spell on the prince-turned-beast. This series will finally provide those answers and provoke a whole new set of questions, unquote. The series will enter production in the spring of 2022. Adrian, I know you watched that Beauty and the Beast live-action film with Emma Watson. What did you think of that, and what do you think about this series? No, I watched it with my mom, actually, in theaters. I know you didn't watch it with actress Emma Watson. Mm. That way, I'm saying it stars Emma Watson. Oh, oh Belle. yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man, I I really enjoyed the Beauty and the Beast movie. I know that like, I feel like uh, I think it was re- reviewed relatively well, but I I always felt like there was a negative sort of outlook on that movie, and I feel like a lot of people didn't like it from just like what I heard. I think there's a negative outlook on all of these live action films yeah. because they're almost a rehashing like beat for beat from the animated movies. And I think a lot of people are like, why including mm-hmm. Lion King, which I don't think is a bad movie. It's just a beat for beat re-representation of the animated film. Well, Lion that's, King that's even like removes some of the beats, which, which throws me off. They move some of the musical, remove some of the musical numbers. They, they literally have, can you feel the love tonight during the day? There's, there's a lot of missteps in that Lion King live action movie. And I did not. That like was it. strange. The, 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 during the day part was weird. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I didn't find it that jarring. It's just, how do you remake such a classic film again as an animated movie? It's, it's another animated CG movie. Like what, yeah. what are we doing here? What was the point? What, yeah. what is the point of any of these to be honest? But a prequel though, a prequel is something perhaps. And I do think I would have seen of Luke Evans, and I think that Josh Gad did a great job as LeFou. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I haven't actually seen this movie. Yeah, I mean, I really like Josh Gad in absolutely anything, and I mean, Luke Evans is a great actor, and they do a good job in the movie. Um, it's kind of interesting as well, because I remember when Beauty and the Beast was... <clears throat> Jesus, voice crack, did you hear that? Beast. Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> I sure did. <laughs> I remember when Beauty and the Beast was uh, coming out, and you know, all these Disney executives were like, oh yeah, like LeFou is the first gay character in like a Disney movie and all that sort of stuff. And then the movie came out and there's like literally like a half a second scene where, you know, LeFou gets like grabbed as he's falling by a man and they look into each other's eyes and that's pretty much it. And it felt like a super just, I don't know what even the word I'm looking for is just this like half-assed attempt for, for I guess like, like what's the point? Yeah. Like, like why did you do it like this? Like it, a half measure. Exactly. It was pointless. And I'm like, I'm all for, you know, LGBTQ plus and, and all that sort of stuff. But that's why, like, if you look at Endgame, mm-hmm. do you remember that in Endgame, 
how the Russo brothers had teased that it was there was the first like gay character. Oh, dude, I don't even remember who. Remember that? And it turned out to be one of the Russo brothers. It's like, why tease that at all? Just don't point that out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, it's so stupid. Like, I just find it pointless. Like, just make, like, if a character's gay, don't bring attention to it. Just let them be gay. And I well, hope. Well, you could bring, maybe you can bring attention to it if it's like in the beginning of the publicity, if the literal hero, like one of the main heroes, is potentially gay. That, that yeah. I can see maybe why you would want that po- kind of positive publicity. But in this case, that Endgame one was like, why? The LeFou one was like, why? You didn't do anything with that. You exactly. Just, you insinuated it. Like, kind of like actually saying the Dumbledore's gay. Yeah, that too, which is a, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's one of those weird sort of situations. And I hope that with this prequel series, they can kind of fix that and, you know, actually have LeFou be a, you know, just a character that maybe has a relationship with another man or whatever. Just like have it in there, like as opposed to kind of tiptoeing around the subject and being like, oh, hey. He's gay, but we're not going to show it or talk about it or and leave it up to interpretation sort of thing. I just found it uh, odd. So I'm hoping they can rectify that in this uh, series or at least, you know, don't tiptoe around it. I, I just find it a little bit pointless. Now, in terms of the show itself, I'll be honest, like as much as I like the movie, I'm not really interested in this. Like there's not much going on here that makes me want to know like the story of how they got there. Uh, I like LeFou and I, and like, you know, Gaston, you're, you're meant to dislike. So it's interesting how they're going to make it like a TV series with a main character. That's just simply put unlikable. I've mentioned this before on this podcast that I have a tough time watching TV series where the main characters are just like unlikable, like not good people. Uh, When it's for like a comedy, that's a different story, but for, you know, like a drama. And I, and I always uh, mentioned Preacher, that the more I think about that last season, especially, like all the main characters, they suck. They're just like shitty people and I don't like it. And I don't want to watch these characters succeed and I don't want to root for them. Um, and I just don't- But you can have a dichotomy with characters. Like, do you hate LeFou? Do you think LeFou's an unlikable character? <laughs> Not necessarily, but he becomes more likable as the movie progresses. He's just this like milk toast sort of guy that lets Gaston walk all over him. Um, right. Well, you can kind of see that backstory perhaps unfold. It could be interesting. Well, one thing I would like to point out, Cruella did not review badly. I'm just going to say that. I know we talked very badly about the, like the, the hype behind that movie, but mm-hmm. it's like 355 reviews and it's 74% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's not bad. 97% audience score. Yeah. I just don't like the fact that it's, I mean, Premier Access, you have to pay an extra subscription extra extra price above the subscription fee but ultimately i don't know that movie may not be as as bad as we anticipated it that it theoretically could have been despite the fact that corella should not be a likable person exactly i don't know yeah that's a weird one i'm thinking like maybe i'll watch that eventually but i'm not in a hurry i just don't understand the appeal and well we can't anyway yeah i mean we could i'm not i'm just not going to (laughs) you you ain't gonna charge my credit card for the premier access no i'm not gonna do that man don't worry um okay but yeah one of these days i'm gonna go i'm gonna go on disney plus and i'm gonna discover that i can watch one of these movies because somebody charged my card one of my family members or you <laughs> charged charged my card for a movie and they're like i'm sorry we really wanted to watch that and i'm gonna be like are you kidding me i'm not gonna charge your card you- 35 dollars you monkey not you, though. I think you'd be the less likely. Like my sister, she shares my account. Imagine she doesn't listen to this podcast. She doesn't know my hatred for Premier Access. <laughs> Imagine she just does that one time and says, I hope you don't mind. 
I literally mind. Okay, <laughs> don't do that, please. <laughs> Vote with your own wallet, not mine. Imagine you voted with my wallet. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god, that would be the wor- my worst nightmare. I wake up in a cold sweat with that thought. <laughs> that is your worst nightmare ever. Um, but yeah, anyways, uh, all in all, like, I'm not fully interested in this. I'll, I'll see where it goes and like what we hear more, like what we'll hear more about it as it comes, um, closer to it's like, I guess streaming date, but if it's entering production next spring, we're not going to see this until I would, I would guess early 2023. Yeah. It's going to be a while. That's an assumption. So yeah. Yeah. I think you seem correct. Number two, according to publication The Hollywood Reporter, Disney has decided to make Wednesdays their new release day for their original Disney Plus TV programming. The Marvel Cinematic Universe's low-key TV series was the first to shift from Fridays to Wednesdays, and the move seemed to have paid off in spades. Loki's premiere was officially the most-watched Disney Plus TV show episode ever. The upcoming Pixar's Monsters Incorporated sequel TV series Monsters at Work and the live-action comedy series Turner and Hooch, have both been shifted to July 7th and July 21st, respectively. Both Wednesdays. The thought process behind this change appears to be that Disney would prefer not to compete with its own content by releasing its original films, like Pixar's Luca, alongside its high-caliber TV series. Therefore, it appears as though Fridays will remain the release date for all Disney Plus film premieres for the foreseeable future. Adrian, what are you thinking about this new Disney scheduling? I actually really like this. I'll be honest with you. It's nice to have something to look forward to in the middle of the week, like on a hump day. And uh, yeah, I think this yeah, is the what's r- on Wednesdays. There's no, there's no special thing on a Wednesday. Literally nothing. I think about new video game releases. Those are usually Tuesdays or Fridays. I think of new TV shows like Invincible as an example. I mean, to be fair, they shadow dropped on Thursdays a bunch, but that was Fridays. Most Netflix original TV series drop on like a Friday and stuff like that. I think Sweet Tooth dropped yeah. on the Friday. So that was actually that the Friday Netflix release schedule is actually something that the article I was reading from The Hollywood Reporter was mentioning oh. that Disney might be trying to purposely avoid the Netflix release Friday schedule to do their own thing on Wednesdays. Yeah. Also, they're doing movies on Fridays, but I think that that might have something to do with it. It seems to be what the Hollywood Reporter was insinuating. I'm sure. I'm sure that factors into it. Like, why wouldn't it? You know what I mean? Um, Yeah. So again, I think this is a a a smart move on Disney's part, and it's again, like I said, it's nice to have something to look forward to on a Wednesday. Again, it's Hump Day. Like, there's nothing to look forward to, mind you. I usually have Tuesday, Wednesdays off, so it's it's nice for me either way. It's like the last day of my weekend, so I'm happy to, to watch it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think this is the right call. There, It's one of the least congested days in terms of just releases or anything going on. So I'm all for this change. Yeah, me too. I, I'm excited for this. I, I like this. Mm-hmm. I like this a lot. And I'm very excited for the Monsters, um, Monsters at Work TV series. I don't have any inclination to watch Turner and Hooch though, to be quite honest. Me neither. I don't even know what that is. It's about this guy and his dog. That's all I know. I'm kind of interested. I think it was a initially a Tom Hanks movie with Tom Hanks and his dog. Like Tom Hanks wasn't playing the dog. Yeah. Yeah, Tony Collette was, believe it or not. She has so much range. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's got so much range. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. This is kind of interesting. How many episodes is Loki? Is it only like six episodes or six episodes? Mm, That kind of sucks to know. 
They're high caliber, dude. They're I know. No, caliber. I agree. Uh, I just wish it was more. So I guess Monsters University is going to release on the same day as the fifth episode of Loki, which is interesting. Ooh. So they're going to have That's multiple good. series running at the same time. I like crossover. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that type of thing with like when one show ends, the other one starts is, is the way that these should go forever. If they're going to take advantage of doing this, in my opinion, still, I think it's silly thing where they don't release all of their episodes at once, which I appreciate Netflix is still doing, by the mm-hmm. way. Netflix is like, oh, Disney and Amazon, you like to release episodes weekly. Oh, good for you. Huh. <laughs> like they just don't <laughs> care. There was a, I was, well, I think I talked about this. I, I, I listened to Smartless occasionally, the podcast with Jason Bateman and Will Arnett and Sean Hayes. And they, they had Ted Sarandos on. And Ted Sarandos, of course, being a CEO of Netflix, when they purchased House of Cards, when they, they pick, picked up the first season, they, they shot the whole thing. They, they pick, picked up the rights and they shot the whole thing. And then they were asked, like Ted Sarandos was asked, like, what do you want to do with it now? And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, how do you want to release this? And I think this like it was like almost like a passing thing. Thing was like, oh, we'll just release it all at once. Let's just release it. And that's how they did that. It wasn't like a. I don't know if there was like this crazy discussion. That's what it made. He made it sound like they they just like, well, let's just put it out. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. It's over now. And this is now like a cultural phenomenon. Like binge watching is literally a cultural phenomenon because Netflix did that. It it didn't exist. Well, I guess it kind of existed because you could buy DVD box sets. Yeah. But that's actually, I guess, why they decided to do that too, because they rented out box sets for things like Lost. They were a rental company mm-hmm. first, and so that's one of those interesting things. Like Disney's is trying, Disney's trying to take us back to this kind of concept of weekly programming, which is so, so weird. But to to, to Disney's credit, every single one of their shows so far that they've released as original programming is just like top tier. Like we're mm-hmm. not getting a Hemlock Grove <laughs> somewhere mixed in. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, so far so good. I'm I'm sure. It's only a matter of time. Like there will be a miss. There's no doubt about yes. it. It's, it's a matter of maybe like, it's Turner when, and Hooch. Not, not if, but yeah, it could be this Turner and Hooch uh, series that I have no. Maybe idea that's the do. greatest show they have on Disney Plus. We don't know. It's a hundred percent. You literally become the dog while watching this show. It's that good. Um, wow. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like I, I'm. Wow. I like this Wednesday release. I'm all into it. It's it's nice to have something to look forward to, like we mentioned. But um, honestly, for Loki. This show I actually don't mind waiting week to week. It's I don't know why. Yeah, they, I I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I don't know why. There's something so satisfying about the series. Mm-hmm. It's almost like watching a mini movie. Like I feel like it's not even completed. They leave episodes on cliffhangers, but I still I don't know what it. I don't know why that is. Maybe I'm used to it. I, I'm not sure. I can't put my finger on the reason. Yeah, they just like Pavlov us long enough. <laughs> Eventually, we just yeah. we're okay with it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. All right. Cool. Number three, as Website Collider reports, there is evidence to suggest that the Rogue One, a Star Wars story actor, Forrest Whitaker, has been cast in a Disney Plus Star Wars TV series entitled Andor. Whitaker would reportedly reprise his role as Rogue Rebellion leader Saw Gerrera from Star Wars Rogue One, a character that was first introduced in the animated Star Wars Clone Wars TV series. The evidence in question was created during a Swedish podcast in which known Andor series actor Stellan Skarsgård claimed to have shot a scene with Whitaker. The Andor TV series is designed to follow rebel spy Cassian Andor, played by actor Diego Luna, five years prior to the scarif-shattering events of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. 
Adrian, what are you thinking about this and or news? Well, Simon, what I'm thinking is that I feel like Disney, especially with like the most recent Mandalorian season, and then again, they already did this with Rogue One and bringing Forrest Whitaker back, but I feel like they're definitely trying to push this animated sort of side of the Star Wars universe into the main line slash live action side of things. And it makes me really like, honestly, like I'm missing out not watching these animated shows and it's making me more intrigued to watch it. I know the Bad Batch that's currently airing, which is a direct sequel to the Clone War series, is being reviewed like fairly well. And it's and it's a good show. And I know they, they set up a lot of really cool characters that I'm sure we'll get to see in like these live action way, like forms. And I don't know, like it, seeing news like this more and more makes you be like, damn, should I just spend time and watch this entire animated series? They got, they got clone wars and then they have rebels. Um, and then, and now the bad batch. And I don't know, like I, it, it's, it's convincing me a little bit more. I don't know about hmm. you. I'm not really sure where to start with Clone Wars. And it's one of those things that's kind of deterred me all along. I think I started watching an episode or the movie, one of the movies oh, yeah, or something it's... like that. I was confused as to what I was watching. Am I watching the beginning of the series? Am I watching something I need to watch? And it kind of confused me. And then there's another Clone Wars with that animation that's like Samurai Jack. And that was very, very well reviewed apparently. Mm-hmm. And now that's on Disney+. And I'm not sure where to start. And so it's just deterred me. I'm like, I don't know. Sure. So that's like Samurai Jack style Clone Wars series. We brought it up on the show before. It's really good. I really love not it. Not related though. It's not, not canon. It is not canon. That's like a Star Wars Legends thing. So that's its own thing. No, but that's the most well-reviewed part of it. Exactly. But that one's like short and sweet. Like you can watch that in a few hours. Whereas the Clone Wars is like six seasons. Like I would guess like over a hundred hours of content at this point. Isn't there a movie to start it though? Isn't a movie there lifted off? There is. So there was a movie that lifted it off. And actually that's the one thing I watched of uh, like star Wars, the clone wars. I've seen a few episodes, but I remember I watched that movie first and it is a genuinely bad movie. Like it's not a good movie. And that's what kind of made like soured my taste on, or, you know, soured my view on the Star Wars animated stuff way back in the day. And I was like, before you knew about Dave Filoni and his Star Wars knowledge and genius. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was before that. And I, and that soured my kind of view on, and I was like, I don't want to watch this shit because like, if it's going to be like this quality and obviously it grew to be way better than that. And, you know, Dave Filoni is, you know, arguably everyone's like favorite Star Wars guy along with John Favreau. So I don't know, like seeing more and more of this sort of, uh, like his vision and his characters being brought into like the live action stuff makes me really want to watch it. I've mentioned before, like the Andor series, I'm not too interested in it. I don't really find Cassian Andor that compelling of a character. I know his fate. Like I don't really care too much about it. And the more like, and I guess the more I read about it, like it, it's not really dragging me in funnily enough to the show itself. What's dra- what it's kind of making me, point my head more towards is the clone war series funnily enough um i know you have a different outlook on this the is series. pointing you toward the clone war series oddly enough i know that doesn't make Based any throwaway concept that forrest whitaker who was also in rogue one and that's the connection he would have to cassian andor because he's in this that's why because of guerrera no that, that's not the only reason I, I mentioned again with mandalorian as well but I don't know. It's like reading these little things. It, it's 
more so pushing me towards the Clone Wars series versus this Andor series that I don't care. I see. Yeah, I, I'm just saying because you chose, like, I mean, you choose the three stories. Yeah. I give you, a, like, a t- just so you know, audience, how this works. I give uh, Adrian a, a list of, of really cool stories that have come out in terms of the film and TV industry, and Adrian picks the three. And you chose this one because of the, wait, because of the animated series. And Well, no, I, I chose this one just for the conversation behind it. Oh, oh, in general. Yeah. I'm just wondering if, <laughs> I'm if the connection I'm more saying is the connection because Saw Gerrera is also from the Clone Wars. Is that why the connection was made? Or is it just because of Star Wars in general? And Well, that too. Star Wars fans. I mean, we're Star Wars it. fans, except but for, again, yeah. like Except for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Rise of Skywalker. Not a, not a good movie. Not a good movie. But no, like that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring this story up. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. That's fair. I, I think that... I, again, I think that this show could be bad, and this show could be, be could be good, and it's a Schrodinger's cat type situation. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we have anything to go on that would to tell me that it's going to be bad going in. Knowing that Rogue One was as great as it was, and they built the characters that were as distinct mm-hmm. and as great as it was, building out this world, this Andor world, where they can go into potentially like the the 1313 type elements of what the gr- gritty type non-Jedi related elements of the star wars universe have to offer that is why i think this show could be good five years prior cassian andor is shown right from the beginning of rogue one not necessarily a great guy how does this not necessarily a great guy choose to like risk his life and where does that why does that happen Mm -hmm. and i don't i mean it could be bad it it literally could be bad there's just nothing to indicate one way or the other it's what characters are gonna are they gonna introduce five years is so far in the past like Think about myself five years ago, things have changed. And so that kind of element is what draws me into this. I just don't know what, what to expect. Tony Gilroy, Gilroy, who came in to like do the reshoots for Star Wars Rogue One, he's the showrunner for this. Um, the only thing that's weird about that, and I think we talked about this earlier in a previous episode of our podcast, apparently Tony Gilroy was couldn't actually be there for some of the sh- shoots, like some of the production because of COVID which I found very odd. And that's the only red flag for me that I'm like, Oh mm. no, he's like a showrunner. Yeah. What do you mean? He couldn't be there. I, I, that's what the rumors were. Maybe things have changed. Maybe where they're shooting this, you know, the restrictions have kind of eased and he was able to get there, but I think he was supposed to have a more involved role and something happened to make him less involved. That's the only thing I'm like mm-hmm. more worried about than anything. But yeah, the, the Star Wars show that I'm most excited for by far is Kenobi. Oh yeah. By a mile. And again, I, I understand my um, sort of like hypocrisy when I say like I'm not too interested in this show because I already know like what happens to Cassian Andor. Whereas like I yeah, know you exactly like prequels. you like prequels. That, that's not a thing I feel like you can tell me if you told me I don't like prequels. I wouldn't believe you. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that. I, I just I'm just saying I don't really care too much about this character and I already know like his end zone. And I just I just don't care for Cassian Andor all that much. I don't think he was my favorite character in Rogue One, really. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm just not too attached to this character. But again, with the track record that Disney has shown so far with their TV shows, uh, again, with the Mandalorian uh, in the Star Wars world, and then with um, Falcon and the Winter Man, WandaVision and Loki thus far, like it makes me a little bit more confident. I will watch this series like I will give it a chance, but I'm just not super into it. Um, whereas the Kenobi yeah. series, on the other hand, like I love you know, General Kenobi. Like we literally reference it at the beginning of every episode of this podcast because you always say hello there, and I always say General Kenobi. So, like, oh, we do. 
That's what we've yeah, been doing this dude. whole time? Yeah, that's oh what we've been God. doing. We've been referencing Star Wars. So yeah, we're very clearly fans and stuff. And You're such a nerd. <laughs> and, and I and I, you know, I I love you and McGregor as an actor. I love General Kenobi as a character, like Obi-Wan. And I want to see that period between the prequels and the, you know, mainline movies. And I want to know what happened there because I care about that character. But again, I just don't care about a Cassian Andor all that much. And I'm more worried. Like this show could be bad. The other shows could be bad. What, what are they spreading themselves too thin? Mm. And I think people questioned that in the beginning when they, when they started launching these movie after movie, after movie, after movie, like every year there was a new star Wars movie and people started to think, are we getting star Wars fatigue? And then as soon as solo came out, people didn't go watch it. And I feel like it was just badly. Honestly, it was just badly publicized. And why would you release solo? Like only six months after like a mainline Star Wars Skywalker story. That was stupid. Yeah. It had nothing to do with, it was almost Star Wars fatigue, but it was a Star Wars fatigue in that people couldn't tell the difference between, they're like, oh, it's another Star Wars movie. They just thought it was the same, it was the same one that they had just released Mm -hmm. and maybe re-released it. Like that was, I just felt like the marketing behind that movie was bad. Yeah. I, I just wonder now though, this is going way faster. Like this is accelerating at a faster pace. We got multiple showrunners shooting shows like simultaneously. Yeah, like Book of Boba Fett is done uh, filming it just wrapped production. Oh, they just wrapped production on Boba Fett. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see that story. <laughs> oh, I got to put that in here. But anyway, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So that that's insane. Cause they were shooting Andor and I think they were shooting Kenobi now too. Mm-hmm. So like that, where, where, where is the weak link? Where, where, where are we going to have a moment where we're going to have this, you know, we're going <laughs> to, I was going to say, we're going to, we're going to have not new mutants. What, what am I thinking of Adrian? Rise of Skywalker. It, no, uh, the thing where the crystals break and the the people in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that was bad, the show that was on kind of a, it was a movie. but it Oh, the Inhumans. Movie. Yes, the Inhumans. When are we going to get that all of a sudden? And we're going to be like, oh, shit, this one wasn't watched. No, <laughs> Dave Filoni wasn't a part of this one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this is garbage. Again, it's only we a really... matter of time. Like, you can't keep on hitting. Like, eventually yeah. you will swing and miss. And yeah, uh, you're not going to keep hitting the ball out of the park. Like it's eventually going to, yeah, strike. Well, honestly, like what, what I immediately thought when they announced all those movies, or sorry, TV series um, for the star Wars universe, there's the Rangers of the Republic, which was supposed to be like led by Cara Dune's character from Mandalorian. I remember that being announced being like, oh, this is that, that's like the one show I was like, this is going to not be good because for one, I didn't, despite like, I honestly don't care about all that political stuff and like her being like pushed out um, because of her, um, you know, like attachment to like the Trump administration, you know, her being like a pretty vocal, um, I guess like conspiracy, like COVID conspiracy theorist sort of thing. Like whatever. I just yeah, don't think she was a less so about the Trump thing and more so about the conspiracy theories, yeah. I think. But. Um, and I just don't think she's a good actress and I didn't like her character in Mandalorian. I think she's one of the least interesting character or she is the least interesting character in that show and a show based off around her. I was like, this is going to suck. Now that well, show is theoretically, we don't know as far as I'm truly, aware. We don't know truly what that was about. Yeah. We, we assumed, I think we assumed on this podcast, we said that, that we thought that it was about her. Mm-hmm. We don't really know. Yeah. But I think so because I think it was, again, I think it's on hold. Yeah. I think they canned it um, or or at the very least put it on hold after that whole Cara Dune traversy. Yeah. I'm looking at the NME. There's like an NME article 
um, from May 25th, and it specifically says, Rangers of the New Republic, a Star Wars spinoff series from the world of the Mandalorian has been put on hold. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah that, that, that was like the one where I was like, this might suck. <laughs> um, so hopefully, like, I mean, they did spread themselves quite thin, but it's not as thin as we once thought because that show is now not coming out. But again, that's just yeah. one show out of like 15 they announced. The Ahsoka one seems pretty interesting. Like again, like yes, like I'm, I'm down for that one too. Which again is another example of why I want to watch the Clone Wars because she is a prominent character in that entire series. True. I think the Andor series, and this is going to be controversial for you, I think, is actually in a pocket that's in de- like not independent but unique because I feel like they can channel the thirteen thirteen energy. energy. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I think that this is the most mo- has the most potential to do that. Just to be clear, uh, listener, uh, Star Wars thirteen thirteen was a video game that was canceled because LucasArts went a different direction. They decided whatever. I think LucasArts was disbanded and they gave all the contracts to EA Games. Yeah, and it was basically about a bounty hunter who was working in the seedy underbelly of Coruscant. And the trailer for that was just brilliant. It, it just looked so good. There was no Jedi's or anything like that. It was just this bounty hunter who was. It was supposed to be a dark and mature audience type game. I just think that Andor can be that because of what we saw Cassian Andor do in the beginning of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I think that it theoretically could go that direction or it could go a different direction and it can be bad. I just think yeah. that that's where the potential is because I can't name another one, another show that they're making that would go this kind of direction where it's yeah. about bounty hunting or, well, that's, that's a stupid thing to say. What am I saying? It's definitely not... <laughs> About about bounty hunting would be the Mandalorian. Yeah, but I mean the idea of the CD underbelly because the Mandalorian's been kind of like an adventure show. Mm-hmm. He's just on a mission to go somewhere. I don't even know where they're going to go with the third season. I have no clue. Yeah, exactly. You know what? I just thought of as as you're kind of explaining that they can kind of do whatever they want with this Cassian Andor series because it, yeah. presumably it's going to be fairly small scale, so they can kind yeah. of do whatever they really want and not have it have a major impact on the existing universe and the main. I guess main plot lines going on. I doubt Cassian Andor is going to, you know, bump into freaking Luke Skywalker or whatever, or, or, or do any of that sort of shit. So I'm hoping because- he's most likely to actually run into uh what's that guy's name is Hal Hal Cresta. What's his name? That's another gaming reference. But- um, Cal Kestis, Cal, Cal, Cal Kestis from that game. Uh, whatever. Fallen order. Jedi fallen order. Yeah. Because he's hiding out. So it's actually more likely that that would happen than probably, again, the other shows. Because we just don't know what's happening. There's, I don't know. It, it could be That'd be cool I just with, don't, we, actually. I know. It could be more unique in that way. I just, I hope that the one belief that, or the one hope that I have is that they don't make these shows too similar. Do something different with, with each one. You're spreading yourself a little thin. You're doing lots of shows all at once. Just make sure that they're each unique. That's my hope. And uh, I guess I'll leave it there for that. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, again, they're they're proven that they can do that so far with the Marvel shows. So, hell yeah. You know what? Maybe I'm changing my tune a bit. Maybe I'm a little bit more interested Ooh. after after your point and after kind of the realization that they can do whatever they want. Yeah, I think you could be right. Like, it could be bad. Like, yeah. I just don't think because they, there's so much potential for them to do anything. And I honestly like Diego Luna as, a, as an actor. He's a good actor, yeah. I just don't like the character all that much. I, but he's it's cool because he's like this – he – He's a scoundrel. Yeah. And so there's that element too. It, it's, it would, I would almost have wished, and before they 
because they didn't have Disney Plus at the time, but it would have been would have been nice. Maybe they could have created a Han Solo series. I, I liked that movie actually, and I think that they could have done more with it. It, it. They could have done a series theoretically, and it made it successful. I don't know if they could do that now, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. And that could be the series in a way, and that this guy Cassian Andor is kind of a scoundrel. He's not the greatest guy. He works for the Rebellion, sure, but he's not. He's not necessarily the best. He's a bad bloke. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Alrighty then. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, according to Deadline, Network NBC has canceled drama series Manifest after three seasons and surprisingly strong Netflix viewership. Um, oh, okay. This show actually seems like such a cool idea. Um, this, this plane goes on a trip, then all of a sudden five years pass, they land. The world has moved forward five years. People have mourned their losses because they didn't know what happened, but they were actually just on this flight and they didn't even realize they were gone five years. I think I explained that plot incredibly well. But alas, it's canceled. Number two, according to Deadline, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood actress Julia Butters has been cast as Steven Spielberg's sister in the film based upon Spielberg's life as a child growing up in Arizona. I can't believe it's not Butter. (laughs) Oh, Fabio. Number three, as website Variety has reported, the Descendants director, Alexander Payne, has cast Billions actor Paul Giamatti in his upcoming dramedy film, The Holdovers. Oh, okay. Not to be confused with The Leftovers. It's something totally different. Number four, as Variety reports, Big Fish actor Ewan McGregor and Kingsman actor Mark Strong have both been cast in director Doug Lyman's adventure film about the first ever climbers to reach the top of Mount Everest. Okay, okay, let's see where this goes. Number five, as website The Verge reports, Disney Plus will premiere The Beatles Get Back, a three-part docuseries following the ever-popular band The Beatles on November 25th, 26th, and 27th of 2021. The series is being directed by Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson. Oh, what's your favorite Beatles song? Ooh, I do like Hey Jude. I do like Eleanor Rigby as well. Eleanor Rigby is definitely my favorite. I used to sing that at karaoke occasionally. A Day in the Life is really good as well. It is very good. It's very unique. Anyways, continuing. Number six. According to Variety, Netflix has hired Vikings Valhalla writer Jeb Stewart to pen the script for the TV series adaptation of developer Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed video game. Oh, okay, okay. Let's see that. It's interesting. This guy is literally just, he's like, yeah, I'm going to make two Viking shows. Wow. I don't think they're going to do Vikings first. For listener out there, if you don't play Assassin's Creed, the, the last game in the Assassin's Creed series is Valhalla, Valhalla which is basically a, a Vikings video game. But considering that every game in this series takes place in a different spot in history, I doubt they're going to do that as the first version of this series. Do you? Probably not. Probably not. So that was really just a really inside baseball type joke. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Number seven. According to Deadline, Jennifer Lopez has just been cast in Rampage director Brad Payton's upcoming Netflix science fiction film, Atlas. You already know I'm all into this movie, man. Rampage, an amazing movie. A movie that is better than uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, and I'm not even joking. I genuinely enjoyed Rampage more than that movie. Number eight. According to Deadline, actor Megan Boone will officially leave her post as lead for NBC's crime drama The Blacklist after its eighth season finale. The series was renewed for a season nine in January, with actor James Spader reportedly still on board. Hmm. You think this is one of those shows where the show goes on a little bit too long, and then they continue the show when the when the character or the main character leaves, and then you're kind of like... 
mm, this is not as good as it was before. I don't know. I watched a lot of The Blacklist. I think that James Spader and uh, Megan Boone were both leads, and James Spader's charisma could carry the show, I think. Yeah, okay, okay. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Number nine, as website NME explains, Netflix's upcoming anime film, The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf, will be an origin story for Witcher Geralt of Rivia's mentor, Vesemir. Oh, okay. Should you think I would like it? I don't know. I think you I think you always kind of intended to play the game but then never got around to it. It's a big juggernaut and I think you should probably watch the maybe the TV series first. The first season of the Witcher TV series with yeah. good old Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Thank you. I really lost this. I I lost myself in that Oh. Number 10. As Variety reports, director Rick Roman Waugh is set to direct a sequel to his action thriller film Greenland, which is set to be called Greenland Migration. And we'll see Greenland stars Morena Baccarin and Gerard Butler reprise their roles. Well, I guess that just spoils the ending of Greenland. So it's a good movie. I liked it. How did, how did that spoil it? Sorry, did I spoil it? No, they obviously survived. Oh, okay, good. Because I was like, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> how did I do that? It's very odd. They now, it's, it's clear that they have survived the ending of that Greenland movie. Oh, okay. It's a good yeah, movie. I guess I got to watch, watch that movie. You so, did recommend it. And that concludes the montage. <laughs> it's on Amazon. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Adrian, what do you got for me? We're running long once again. We're just doing this week on week. We are a long podcast now. I got new releases seems- for you, Simon. I got them. You want me to go through them? Oh. I'll go through them quick on when this is for oh. the week. This- oh. You done? Okay. Sorry. I was re- That was rude. Yeah. Continue. Uh, so this is for the week of June 21st to June 27th. That is a Monday to a Sunday as we regularly do it. And the first movies coming out this week are coming out on Wednesday, June the 23rd. And the first movie is a movie called Good on Paper. This is a Netflix original comedy movie about a girl that gives a guy who seems good on paper a chance in a relationship. But it's not all what it may what she makes it out to be what he what she makes him out to be. I see, I see, I see. Mm. Okay. The next movie on here is a movie that you would probably like. It's a movie called Murder by the Coats. It's another Netflix original movie, and it's a true crime documentary, baby. I'm only going for the real good ones, though. If it's not reviewed well, I kind of stay away from it. But thanks for thanking of me. No worries. I always thank of you. And I thank you. Great stuff. Great thanking stuff. Me, what's thanking next, me. Adrian? What's and what's next, Adrian? Next up is on Thursday, June the twenty fourth, and it's a movie called Sisters on Track, and it's a Netflix original movie. Now the the E in Sisters is a three on the poster, but when it's written out, it's just spelt Sisters. Is this the third movie in the Sisters on Track universe, or is this just a movie and they decided to put a three as the E in the sister? It's because there's three sisters. I just realized on the. If poster. this movie's the first movie in the series, are these sisters? Are these sisters truly off track? That's the question we're asking here. What's the next movie coming out? Uh, well, these next movies coming out are coming out on Friday, June the twenty fifth, and the first one is a movie called False Positive. This is a Hulu original movie, so I'm hoping we get this on uh, Disney Plus Star, the Star Channel on there, and this is a horror movie. That stars Pierce Brosnan as well as Justin Theroux. Right. Actually, I took a pause a couple episodes back when we when you introduced and you said that Misfits was coming out because I thought that this was that movie. No. But no, this is a different movie. And I think Pierce Brosnan plays this like creepy doctor. Yeah. Am I crazy? I don't know. Oh, oh, I'm crazy? I mean, you are. Oh. But I don't know. Oh. Okay. About the movie itself. Oh, okay. You're definitely crazy though. Oh, okay. 
I'm Pierce Brosnan's as much of a doctor as you are. Well, that's true. That, now that now that I can get behind. What's the next movie coming out, Adrian? Fathom is the next movie coming Jesus out, and it's an, it's an Apple TV Plus original documentary about the complex communication of whales. And um, honestly, I kind of want to watch it. I didn't know, like, I want to know how whales communicate, like what like what they talk about and stuff. That was an Ellen DeGeneres impression. Anyway, continue. <laughs> uh, that got me off guard. Why is that Ellen DeGeneres? You haven't seen the movie Finding Nemo? Come on, bud. Oh, uh, yeah. Let's go going here. Calm. Good call. We're talking about Pixar almost the entire episode. Yeah, you're... Anyways, what's the next movie coming out? It's a good one. That's a good one. You, you got me there. Um, all that drama with Ellen DeGeneres on set. Apparently, she's a bitch to her staff. Apparently, I don't know how true that is. Her show's ending. I don't care enough. Her show's ending officially. Oh, good. Which is crazy. It's weird. Or not good. Who cares? I know I don't. So the next movie coming out is a movie called Lansky. This is confirmed by Movie Insider on the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie, and this is a sequel to a movie of the same name. Ooh. It's kind of like um Shaft. There's like three Shaft movies, and they're all called Shaft, but they're all sequels. Or like... I guess two of them what? are sequels. No, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Isn't it like is sh- that real? I'm just- no Shaft two. I'm, I think it's just called Shaft every time. The new Shaft is definitely just called Shaft, and I know the first Shaft was also called Shaft. And then are the- they actually sequels though? Yeah, they're all connected. That's a stupid marketing decision. Yeah. Actually, there's quite a few Shafts as well, but the Shaft. You sure it's not a reboot. No, no, the Shaft 2000 movie that stars um, Samuel L. Jackson is a sequel to the Shaft movies. But there are multiple older Shaft movies, including Shaft in Africa and Shaft's Big Score. Mm. And then the 2019 Shaft movie is a sequel to the 2000 Shaft movie, which was a sequel to the other Shaft movies because all the actors are in it. So like the main Shaft from the first Shaft movies Samuel Jackson shaft is also in this new movie and then a new shaft is in the new shaft. Yeah, that seems weird. I think that's a bad marketing yeah. decision. I think that's a marketing one one gaff. They're also spread apart like 20 years, if not more. So, yeah, I don't think it really I feel matters. like a lot of their movies might have been shafted because of course they did this weird marketing move. I'm going to fucking kill myself. You serious? The fuck was that? <laughs> God damn it. The you evil- didn't love that joke? <laughs> you didn't love it? Come on. Uh, they- <laughs> yeah, what's the next movie coming out? Come on. Sorry, I was so aggressive. I apologize. Um, the Evil Next Door is the next movie coming in. Uh, this is confirmed by the trailer itself, funnily enough. It's coming to, th- and I think uh, the most reliable source on the internet, m.theappinumbers.com. It's coming out to theaters and video on demand. This is about a new stepmom in a new house with her new stepson and her new regular husband. Um, and in this in this new house, there seems to be um, another side of this house that is uninhabited. And uh, and when the dad's gone, the husband of the of the new of the the new stepmom of the of the new stepson, it, when that husband's gone, some weird stuff starts happening on the uninhabited the the new house the uninhabited side of it and the 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 new stepson what 
becomes friends with a new like he he makes a new friend are you in this in this house in this new house right but that new friend is a ghost what the it's a horror movie jesus it's a horror movie christ it's a bunch of new people (laughs) just that was awful uh anyway yeah oh okay what's the next movie coming out bud yeah you know this this show is just us going back and forth saying bad jokes and not acknowledging it so i appreciate it um, F9 is the last movie that's coming out um, on Friday, June the 25th. And uh, that's the, the, the ninth Fast and Furious movie. Yes. Yes, it is. Super exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's. I think this is your most anticipated movie of the year, is it not? Uh, no. I think I've only seen um, Fast and Furious, the first one. I'm, I think I've watched the second Fast and Furious. And I know I've watched Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift, I'm certain I watched. Like, I have... I have like vivid re- memories of watching that movie. However, and you loved it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I remember watching it with like two of my buddies um, when we were like kids, way back when. Um, and the reason why I think I've watched the first Fast and Furious movie and the second Fast and Furious movie is a YouTube channel I follow, and he does like this uh, this thing called Caravan of Garbage, and he like, and it, it doesn't necessarily talk about bad movies, but they they talked about the first two Fast and Furious movies on this. And I was literally watching it. And I was like, holy shit, I've seen these movies. Like everything they talked about, it, it, it got brought up to me. Uh, like in my memory banks. You know what I mean? So maybe I've watched the, mm. the first three movies. Uh, but I kind of want to watch all these movies. Am I going to like them? Maybe. 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 Uh, yeah, maybe. Again, it takes the trajectory exactly of Grand Theft Auto. It's about cars initially and it becomes somehow a heist movie that introduces aliens in space. Very strange. Very strange stuff. Aliens, What's the next movie coming out? What's the next movie coming out? April? So the next movie that is coming out is a movie coming out on Saturday, June the 26th. And it's a movie called Wonder Boy. This is a Netflix original mm. movie. And it's about a look. It's a it's a look into the kind of a. What the fuck did I write? <laughs> uh, what did you write on this one? Yeah. This is the one you're confused about. Yeah. Yeah. A look into the kind of a fashion powerhouse. Yeah. A look into the kind. <laughs> And film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, and film. I'm just going to leave that. And that's uh, okay. That's it for the movies this week. Oh, excellent. Except for that's a movie great. called Too Late that's actually coming out on Friday, June the 25th. It, this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. It's a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a woman who works for a famed comedian who apparently eats people on his downtime. Oh, I get it, because it's too late, because you just finished the segment where you talk about the new releases. But then, at the last second, you turn around and say, actually, I missed one from Friday, June 25th, and it's called Too Late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're so funny. Thanks, pal. You're the greatest. This joke has layers. We are like an onion. funny guys. We're a couple of dudes. Like Shrek. Yeah, like Sh- we're just a couple of Shreks. Yeah, we're, we're, we're bringing it back to the beginning of this podcast where we talked about Mike Myers. Now let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? As mentioned at the top of our show, we ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to spofocuspodcast at gmail.com. Why are you talking and like that? And I'm talking like this all the time. This is how I talk. And Adrian's mom, Marta Pinter, wrote into us. Hey. And she said, and she said, hi, Simon and Adrian. Why is my mom from the South? <laughs> I changed the accent. Since the last time I sent you guys a would you rather question, it became really popular. I have two more. Oh my gosh. Would you rather forget who you were 
or who everyone else was. Oh, I like that one. Actually, that's a unique one. Actually, let's do that one first. Let's let's maybe address. Let's finish the. Let's finish this letter. Here. Okay, I'll finish. Would you it. rather forget who you were or whoever everyone else was? And the second one is: Would you rather be super fast or super strong? Keep up the great work, guys. What is guys. going on with your voice? Your eternal fan, Marta Pinto. You like went, it was like waves. Like you were like Southern and then just, it was regular you briefly and then back to Southern. My mom is more like, oh, how are you doing, my little sweetheart? I love you so much. Look, I wasn't trying to imitate her accent. Yeah, that's not what I was going for. I don't want to offend anyone here. Yeah, my mom's more, and, my um, mom's more like... Yes, Adrian, you are my favorite child. You are much better than your sister. Oh, is is that what she says? Yeah, all the time, actually. Is, is that so? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, she didn't ask us, would you rather have one accent or another? She asked us, would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? And what is your answer to that first, would you rather question? I like the two-for-one deal we're getting in this email here. Yeah, me too. You, you listener, can write into us with these would-you-rather situations as well, and we will address them on our show, just so we're clear. Just so we're clear. But Adrian, hmm. would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? This one's a really interesting one. Like, I don't, I'm not too sure. Like, usually I'm pretty quick to respond. I'm like, bam, I know exactly which one I, I would rather do. Like the like the ring one where I was like I'm just gonna beat the living shit out of the ring girl even though it's not like actually possible. Anyways, not important. This this one is super interesting. Initially, I was like maybe forget who I was, but then you would just have a bunch of people telling you who you are, being like, oh no, this is the, this is who you are, and you'd be like, what the heck is going on? This is terrifying. This is unbelievable. Whereas. You, if you forget who everyone else is, right? But you stay your regular person, you still kind of lose a piece of yourself because the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you know kind of mold you into the person you are. So this actually is a little mm. bit of a lose lose, but I feel like they're always lose loses in that part of the game often. Well, not the next one. Well, not always. Next, I next one's say technically always. a win win. You're correct. Yeah. You're correct. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm a crazy person. Yeah, yeah but are. yeah, oftentimes it is a lose lose. Like the Babadook and the Samara question. That was a lose lose. That was still a win win for you me. Either get, you either get smucked by Samara or what eaten by smucked? Babadook. I don't know. I didn't watch either of the movies. <laughs> I have no clue. What is smucked? No, like what? I have no idea. <laughs> what does that smucked? even entail? A good smucking. <laughs> Too smuck. <A> good. <laughs> Too smuck. Or not to smuck. That is the question. Anyways, um, I wonder if that's offensive somewhere. Anyway, continue. I don't know. Uh, I think if I had to, I guess forget. <coughs> Sorry, I got like the biggest tickle in my throat that just appeared. One sec. You have any other symptoms? No. Holy jeez. Good. It's like I, <coughs> it's like I ate a fuzz. Oh my god. No. Sorry to hear that. Feels like Samara just smucked me. Right. Yeah. She well, smucked okay. me up so hard. Anyways, um, I think I would have to just forget who I am. Because you still remember everyone else and who they are to you, technically, in that way. You just don't know who you are. I see. I see. Um, I choose the opposite, which is interesting. Mm. I, I would definitely forget who everyone else was. Because I would learn slowly who they were over time. And I would learn again why... I learned to like them or not like them and what their traits were because I remember who I am and the way that I actually learned to 
know who these people were in the first place. And mm-hmm. it, it, they would tell me that they were my friend or not my friend. And I would learn about them as we went. And likely because I know who I am, I would be able to just form those bonds once more. And it would almost be a good test of creating these friendships once again. I, I feel like that that would be kind of interesting. But I think if I forgot who I was, people telling me who I am, I don't necessarily trust that situation. I don't know who I, who these, sure, I know who these people are and they're telling me, but I, do they really truly know who I am deep down? I think some people potentially do, but not everyone does. And I feel like that's a tricky situation to be in. And it, there's a, there's like a, that's an existential crisis potentially to not know who you are. And so I think Whoa. I would forget who everyone else was and mm. slowly learn. Because it's not like they forgot. They would be able to tell me, oh, I'm your brother or I'm your your father or whatever. Yeah. So anyway, that's my choice. That Interesting. My choice in situation. I mean, amnesia is like a real thing. In some cases, you just forget both. So I know. It's nuts. Yeah, okay. that, that would be my answer. So the second question that your mom posed here was, would you rather be super fast or super strong? Adrian. Would you rather be a, I don't even know, who, who's just super strong as a superhero? I was going to say, would you rather be a Flash-like hero or a, the Hulk? The Hulk type type hero, Adrian. Hmm? Mm. So for, or maybe like more of like a Luke Cage. Because he's more of a Yeah, I'd say like it's like a Luke Cage. He's just like super strong. He's just like a regular dude, but he can punch him through. Oh, no. Jessica Jones. Yeah, her too. Jessica Jones. Yeah. More so than than Luke Cage, just because Luke Cage has got invincible skin. He's kind of a cool hero, though. There's some certain fight scenes in that Luke Cage show, like especially in the beginning of that series that I really liked. Yeah, the slow motion shots of him being shot by bullets and just oh yeah, not doing also the, to him. yeah, like I really like in Jessica Jones where he gets just sh- shotgunned to the freaking head, and he's like, no, he's he's fine, like on the outside, but like just the vibrations made his brain shake on the inside, and I was like, that's super cool. That's right. Like, they did they did some really neat stuff in that first season of Jessica Jones. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, for me, honestly, it's, it's interesting. So if I had like the ability to just move super fast, that'd be cool. But if we're thinking of it kind of like in the invincible sort of aspect where, um, I forget the character's name, but he's introduced in the first episode and he's like the speedster. He literally says like, everything is moving like so incredibly slow for me that like my, like time is just so boring. So like, he's like having a conversation with one person, but everything is just going like, it's the slowest conversation ever. Because, you know, everyone's just moving at regular speed and he's moving super fast. If it was kind of like that, I, I don't know. Like, you, I feel like you'd go a little bit crazy. Um, well, that's if that's the situation. But if it's like, like that wasn't the case for Barry Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Like if it's just kind of like, oh, I can turn it off and on. Like, you know, maybe I got like these little like almost like a spidey sense. Like I know something bad's about to happen. I can just flick it on. Then 100% super fast. That'd be freaking awesome, man. You can just go to your buddy's house in like a heartbeat. You know, go to the grocery store do whatever i think that'd be super cool super strong is neat as well but i don't know like i don't really care too much about that the rest of the world runs in a this time timeline like it's running at this speed Mm -hmm. and so the negative of like super fast is the fact that you play a video game you watch a movie you must sit there and watch this thing and you're right maybe if you get used to it enough maybe that it does feel like you're bored very very quickly because you can't move Super fast, but I wonder if super fast is just like teleportation. Like you can move that fast. I can get across the city in like seconds. And that I think is way more beneficial than super strong. I, I can't imagine in my everyday life, or at least now, like what super strength can really help me do. I don't really 
see that much of a benefit, but super fast. I wouldn't need a car. I don't need to pay for insurance. Yeah, exactly. It just be wherever I need. Oh, I forgot my key at home. No problem. Three seconds later, I'm back. You could literally walk across water because you're just moving so quick. It's like, okay, cool. Like you could be. I'm gonna go visit my grandmother. You know what I mean? And I just freaking yeah. walk across the ocean. You get lost. You could be the absolute best. Skip the dishes courier. Yeah. I could be. You could be working for if you're the only one with the super speed. You could be the. You could be like. I feel like this is not a good thing, but I was thinking like you could work for Amazon and like create one second shipping. That would be pretty you know cool. I mean? They'd have to pay you because they don't have a choice because you're the only one who can move this. Or fast. you literally just start the take you just start what, the competitor to Amazon and be like, we got the best delivery service ever. It's me. Literally, yeah. it is me. And then the the plot twist is you literally just steal all the products out of Amazon's uh, factory, like their their warehouse. They wouldn't even know you went in and out. You just run in there, you steal it from them, and then bring it to the customer. Pure right. profit. Pure. You profit. could also use that that skill for evil a lot easier. You could use that skill for evil a lot easier, which is not necessarily a, a, a good thing. But the super strength, I don't know. I feel like it's limited yeah. in terms of its. It's just like you know, like it's it it yeah. I might be super strong, but if someone has a gun, they just fucking shoot me in the face. You know what I mean? Like, you know right? I mean? Yeah. Well, time is money. Time is money. That's the sentiment that many people many, many people say. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is. It, it is argu- arguably. Yeah. You know, it's more valuable than. Money. Yeah, you can make the argument time is the most valuable currency ever. We all live on a limited clock, and we need to be able to do potentially what we do if you can move move super fast is that be super actually the, the words here are be super fast does that mean like i could read a whole book like, am i running am i am i being super fast could i read potentially full chapters of novels about accounting or uh, i could be a university superstar am i super fast i think in every so way? is my mind working that quickly i think this is an unquestionable answer i think that we've broken this down to a point where i think there's only one answer super fast super fast yep uh yeah, and she says keep up the great work, guys. Well, keep up the great work, Marta Pinter. Thank you for these these yeah. inquiries. I Love appreciate you. it. I appreciate it, and uh, and I appreciate you, Adrian. I thank you for joining me. Do you have anything to add before we wrap this baby up? This fifty first episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast, which by the way is one episode prior to the fifty second episode, the fifty second mm-hmm. week in a row. For Split Focus, a film and yeah, TV podcast. Yeah, for our 52nd week, we are doing a 52-hour podcast, just nonstop. We're just going for it. Well, no, mm-hmm. that's not true. I, yeah, that, we're not doing that. I don't know we're watching know. 52 movies and TV series nope. in its entirety for a 52nd episode. Uh, I assure you we are not doing that, so... Uh... Let's not lie to our I, listeners. I assure let's, you, let's, let's keep it real here. That we will with an R E E. I assure you, listeners, that we will at the very least watch fifty-two minutes of content for you for next week. How about that? Is that fair? Uh, yeah. That I can do. But you're saying, like, I mean, can I listen? Can I watch more content? Than no, you can only minutes? watch fifty-two minutes, and our entire reviews for next week are based on fifty-two minutes of what no. we watch. So you could watch fifty-two things for one minute. You can watch. Two things for nope. 26 minutes. You can watch one thing for 52 minutes, but we are nope. capped at 52. I'm not, no, I'm not agreeing to that. I'm not agreeing to that. Thank you for listening to the 51st episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian Pinter, and I just want to let everyone know that um, Ben Affleck's Batman from Batman v Superman, which is a great movie, 
uh, he he would he does go down on on Catwoman. He he does go down on women. He's he's not a selfish lover. <laughs> Goodbye. Take care, guys. Bye. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Bye 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 bye. That was a clever one. I'm just gonna give it to you. That was a clever one. I'm gonna break the silence for a second. That was clever, Adrian. I appreciate you. Thanks. Goodbye. Man. Take care. Goodbye.